0: Hello to you, Dennis. Hello, Jane. Good to see you. (laughs) And uh, it's sort of, as the weather forecast indicates, it's kind of change of season time.
1: It is, Jane. And uh, I always am aware of this when I see one of my most favourite cool climate herbs starting to put its head up. That's the herb chickweed. And in my backyard in the Hunter at present, it's coming up, which is a reminder that we're coming into the cool weather and I'll be able to enjoy the presence of this lovely little herb that we'll talk a bit about today.
0: And find out just mm. where it fits in. Sure. Health naturally. And, Dennis, yes, we have people who want to talk to you. Frank, hello. You're from Chain Valley Bay, and you've got a comment you want to make on your arthritis in your neck.
2: That's correct. Yes, I do. Hello, Frank. G'day, Dennis. How are you, I'm oh, very
1: well indeed. How are you today?
2: Good, thank you. Good, good. Good. Um, I um I had a my doctor sent me a C T scan yes. and I had very bad arthritis. Look, I could not turn my neck yes. I could not even look up to see the clock or even put my watch on or look down. So I went to the Health Food Store over at Warner's Bay oh, yes, yes. Uh, had a talk to the lady there yes, yes. and she gave me some of your I'll probably get this wrong uh, Glucoplex.
1: Glucosaplex
2: Thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for, I, I've only been taking them for 10 days For the first 7 days I, I As directed I took 6 of a morning, 6 mm-hmm. of an afternoon mm-hmm. Now I only take 6 of a morning mm-hmm. But I tell you what the, the improvement Is outstanding It really is, honestly mm. uh, I I uh, I can't get over it. I, I cannot. I
1: can cannot get over it. Well, uh, well, Frank. There's nothing, nothing. Uh, how can I say? Uh, surprising in that. That was a formulation of my own, and um, it uh, is very soundly based. And I'm not surprised, therefore, that you got that good result. I'm very pleased and very happy for you. And uh, the people there at uh, Warners Bay ran a good good operation and uh, you keep favouring all of our small health food stores they need great support and uh, I'm glad you got benefit from my product the Glucosaplex and Frank thanks for ringing in and uh, we're always glad to get feedback and Uh, We thank you for listening to the program, and uh, I'm I'm chuffed to think that you got benefit.
0: What a great start to the program, Dennis. Thank you, Frank. And we'll move to Wayne, who's rung in from Charlestown. And your daughter's got a problem. She's uh, suffering from endometriosis. Is that right, Wayne? Hello. Hello, Wayne.
2: Hello. Hello. Hello, Wayne. Yes, um, this is a, a big problem. Some women and pain seems to be a, a huge issue, um, and it doesn't. I mean, herbs are brilliant, but I'm just wondering whether there's anything that you could suggest that might be be helpful in this regard. Okay,
1: With it's with reference to your daughter, Wayne, and and um, how old is your daughter? Oh,
2: she's she's in the late thirties. and okay. I think she's had okay. it for ten years okay.
1: or so. Does uh, has your daughter had children? No. Okay, because endometriosis. As, as you would know, and your daughter would know, is one of the main causes of uh, infertility because it has a detrimental effect on um, on conceiving. Endometriosis, for the sake of listeners, and I'll be simple and probably a little bit crude in my explanation, but endometriosis is a, is an overgrowth of uterine tissue, which tends to infest, if we use that term, invade other parts of the female reproductive system, particularly. The fallopian tubes. It's a very, very common and uh, painful disease in many cases and um, it, it, it surprisingly these days it's even acknowledged that it can start very, very early in a young woman's life. And um, the, the treatment for it involves both the, the application of, of drugs and, and sometimes surgical or other procedures to try to clear the condition. I've had a fair bit to do with it because uh, I have frequently, and I, over the years, have seen many, many, many hundreds of women who have presented with endometriosis in the context of inhibiting their ability to conceive. Now, the medical approach is obviously always your first uh, port of call, but in many cases, the medical approach, approach doesn't solve the problem, and that's where uh, my system of medicine comes in. Interestingly, interestingly, the the herb that is the major assault on endometriosis uh, in our system of medicine is a western herb a mediterranean herb uh, which i speak about frequently on this program however it's not appreciated as much as it should be by practitioners both conventional or even um, naturopathic practitioners because in the correct dosage and i emphasize in the correct dosage it has a significant Effect on endometriosis to the extent that in many many cases that I have treated, it has seen pregnancy occur as a result of the endometriosis uh, having been taken up. In fact, one of my most successful—won't say one of my most successful cases—but a successful case uh, occurred in Newcastle when I came back from from Sydney and commenced practice in Church Street, where a lady who was under a very well known and very competent and eminent a uh, specialist in Newcastle, uh, was in dire straits. And interestingly, uh, specialists agreed that there was no other option, that it was reasonable to use his terms for her to try herbal medicine. And we prescribed, amongst other things, a formula with Vitex agnus castus on it, uh, in it. That lady went on to have two children. And there's a story I could tell you about how that particular case using Vitex led to the formulation spreading all around the world and as a result, I formed friendships with people in Asia, India, Pakistan, in Boston, uh, all of whom had problems with endometriosis, and many of them uh, resolved their problem or certainly helped their problem by using a formula that includes the right dosage. And I emphasize that this is not something just to take uh, as, a, as a over-the-counter preparation, even though it is available over-the-counter. It's a medicinal herb, and in the hands of a competent Medical or complementary medical practitioner in the right dosage, it is a very 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 useful substance with a very understandable uh, pharmacology behind it. I will not go into that and, and bore listeners, but it has a significant effect on stabilizing a condition which is thought to be associated with very, very high levels of of estrogen so any any lass out there that's battling with endometriosis. Um, should consider uh, seeing a practitioner who knows something about Vitex agnus castus, how to prescribe it, always, however, under the guidance and monitoring of their, ma- of their medical practitioner.
0: Health Naturally right now with Dennis Stewart, and uh, we are taking your calls. Uh, and Kay has rung in from Turalba. Kay, your partner has Mernier's disease, and you've got a question for Dennis about that, Yes.
2: I do. Hi, Dennis. How oh, are you, am
1: very well, Kay. How are you?
2: Not too bad. Good We're travelling back to Manila at the oh, moment. but okay. so a bit bad. I'm yep. sorry about that. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, he's been diagnosed with meningitis disease okay. probably about 12 months ago, and they yes. said there's no cure for
1: it. They said there's no cure. So he's being managed by his GP with just drug therapy? Yeah, So
2: we went to the casualty yes. doctors, and they just basically told him to take um, motion sickness tablets.
1: OK. Look... In our system of medicine, there are two herbs that are used to address the problem, particularly where the problem has not been responsive to any medical management. Now, you always hear me say that, Kay, because you know that my approach is always to encourage a person with a health problem to see their GP to get an adequate diagnosis or an interpretation of treatment. Many as disease, in my experience, is not that easy to treat, but in our system, There are a couple of herbs that give pleasant results in many cases. And the the, the two herbs uh, that are are most uh, frequent uh, prescribing in my style of herbalism, the most important herb is a herb... I think I mention it fairly frequently on this program. It's not a well-known herb. It's an English herb made famous by a a Northern English herbalist uh, called William Smith. He wrote a book, Wonders in Weeds. Listeners, get hold of it. It'll enthrall you. Willie Smith's book, Wonders in Weeds, and he had a lovely section in it on wood betony. Wood betony is also uh, called up in a monograph in the British Herbal Pharmacopeia of 1983 as one of those remedies that embraces some of the symptoms of Meniere's disease. Wood betony is very useful for vertigo. It's very useful for what we might call head and facial symptoms. Now, that's being very simplistic, I admit, but it works like a gem in cases of many years where nothing else has helped. So that's your starting reference, in my opinion. The herb wood betney, which would have to be obtained uh, from a herbal medicine practitioner. Uh, there should be somewhere you live. If not, you can always get the stuff from my rooms in, in New Lambton. The other herb that comes in with it is a herb also that's, Famous in English herbalism, and I was trained in English herbalism, is a herb called black horehound, not white horehound, black horehound. Botanically, it's known as Bolota nigra. Now, it is famous also as a companion to wood betony for dealing a lot with some of the nausea uh, and what we call spinning out symptoms that sometimes accompanies many years' disease. So, those two herbs as a starting base should mention them to your a naturopath or herbalist, usually put together in a combination on their own or in conjunction with other herbs such as rosemary, it's worthwhile giving it a go, particularly if nothing else is helping, Kay. Terrific, yeah,
2: because he does get the spins and that with
1: it. Yeah, daughter. yeah, I'm fully um, aware of it. Are they a
2: tablet form or what? No, what look, they... it,
1: it, because, the, because the herbs are not, how can I call it, popular herbs, these are medicinal herbs, whereas a lot of herbs in supermarkets and uh, health food stores and sometimes even in pharmacy are over-the-counter preparations incorporating herbs that are more popularly used, not necessarily for significant uh, medical conditions, whereas these two herbs are very medical herbs. That is, they are used primarily to address medical conditions of particular symptomatology. So they they would be prescribed in a liquid form, say, from my rooms, if you can't get them anywhere else. Okay, terrific. I
2: really appreciate our help, Dennis, and
1: I've written them down. So. That's good. You, did you say you were at Manila? Yeah, we just left Manila,
2: actually. And you're and you, and, you, and
1: you and you're getting the program up there okay? Uh,
2: not where we can, but once you hit Manila, yes, you oh, can. Oh, that's good.
1: That's pleasing.
2: Thank thank you,
1: Kay. It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah,
0: and that's great to know Mm. that. um, It is, isn't it? That's
1: good. Beaming that far.
0: Now we did have a call from Sandra, who's not with, not on the line Uh at the moment, from Nelson Bay. Now she was saying she is taking blood Uh thinning uh medication, uh, and uh, she's wondering whether taking Astragalus and Uh Ginkgo maybe interferes with that, as far as blood clots in the legs
1: with With reference to that Sandra, I think the major or the the worrying one might be the ginkgo uh, in most literature uh, Ginkgo uh, is cautioned as a herb to be taken in conjunction with other uh, if you like blood thinning medication i've said on the program in recent times, however, that there's a bit of a rethink going on with reference to the ginkgo, and one manufacturer a well known manufacturer of ginkgo products has written a good paper um pr- pretty well questioning the way in which ginkgo has been presented as a, as a complicating remedy uh, for someone who is on blood thinning medication in your situation and i know the drug you're taking very well in your situation err on the side of caution uh, i would not take the ginkgo if uh, if you are on the blood-thinning medication that is coming up on the screen.
0: To and new RFM's health naturally and taking your calls, gives a ring 49216216. But while we've got half a moment, Dennis, mm. chickweed you wanted to speak about. It's I did. coming up in your I garden. I did. It's coming up in
1: my garden it, and I, I love that herb. Uh, not only is it a, how can I call it, an underestimated medicinal herb, But it is also a very, very pleasurable um, herb to use in salads. And I think it's worthwhile mentioning um, that the lovely um, English writer, um, Audrey Hatfield, in her book that I've mentioned on this program before, entitled How to Enjoy Your Weeds, because herbs are sometimes referred to as weeds. Well, so what? But she had a lovely section in her book, How to Enjoy Your Weeds, which, by the way, listeners, is still available. And get hold of it wherever you can. You'll not put it down. It's got so much info in it. She talks about the history of uh, this lovely little herb and talks about it being used as a potential salad uh, component. In other words, uh, it it functions like parsley or it functions like any other salad green. It can be brought in, freshly picked from the garden, of course, always washed, and cleanse before you put it with a salad vegetable or sal- with salad vegetables but chickweed to start with quite apart from its pedestal properties in its early fresh state don't neglect its use picked from the garden and in accordance with Hatfield's ideas put a little bit of lemon juice or vinegar on it it's a lovely appendage to an ordinary salad that we Australians love however the, there was a, a very famous Australian herbalist. We've talked in recent times about famous women herbalists, uh, and there have been many of them. We've spoken about the famous Dorothy Hall, who, uh, who taught in Balmain. When I was teaching at Glebe, Dorothy was at Balmain, who taught a very unique system of herbal medicine. Today I just want to mention that in the context of chickweed, there would be no finer exponent of the potential virtue of chickweed than the famous Australian herbalist Robin Kirby. Now Robin Kirby was a school teacher who late in her career jumped ship and came and studied under me in Southern Cross Herbal School, qualified as a medical herbalist and went on to be the first female president of the National Herbalist Association of Australia, which by the way has been going now for over a hundred years. And so she had a particular affinity and great fondness for chickweed and she was one of the first that I'm aware of to harness it as a topical application and make two creams or ointments of it, chickweed ointment, and it, it became so popular that I, uh, she and I actually went into business and formed uh, a little uh, business making chickweed ointment. And it was a very successful preparation, and uh, it was being distributed until <laughs> this goes back many years until we were busted, in inverted commas, <laughs> because we were not aware. <laughs> we, were so, we were so young in those days, and, and uh, um, uh, how can I call it? Well, not sophisticated. <laughs> and we were busted in as much that we were told by the appropriate authorities that one had to have a factory, one had to have a laboratory. One had to have a licence to manufacture a little ointment on chickweed that we'd been making for years and years and years. So the end result was we sold off the ointment to a well-known Australian company who took and ran with it. But chickweed is available in our health food stores, still is, in my opinion, one of the undiscovered remedies for dry, irritable eczema, and particularly for things like nappy rash. That's where it made its reputation. And the, the the herb, interestingly, can also be used, quite simply, uh, as an infused oil. Now, listener, you can do this if you are able to identify chickweed, and it's important that you are able to identify it and not confuse it with any other similar herb. Remember, chickweed has a light green ovate leaf and a little tiny white flower. Don't confuse it with other similar herbs that have yellow flowers. Most people know what chickweed is. But if chickweed is macerated, as we call it, or soaked, say, in olive oil, a large jar, put in, say, a handful of fresh chickweed, top it up with olive oil, let it stay in a warm place for a week or so, and then you pour off a lovely green-coloured infused oil. That infused oil is very, very, very soothing. And one of the best cases I've ever seen associated with helping psoriasis, was a little lad who saw me when I first came back from Sydney in Church Street. He had psoriasis in large 50-cent pieces all over uh, his back. And his mother brought to see me brought him to see me in Church Street uh, and says, look, what have you got? I said, well, look, there is a medicine, um, a liquid medicine to take orally. And I said, here is some of the infused oil of chickweed, which I manufacture, Uh, Put some of that on and see what that does because there was so much of this on his body that to put an ointment on it, you'd need about 10 jars of ointment. I said, look, I'll review him in a month. In a month's time, he came back. And this time, his dad was with him. Uh, And um, I I said, how did he get on? His father said, oh, look, it's quite remarkable. Have a look at it. And I had a look at it. I said, oh, I said, that's good. I said, the medicine must have worked. Oh, no, he said he couldn't take the medicine. I said, what do you mean? oh, well, we couldn't take the medicine, it was a terrible-tasting thing, but we put the oil on, and the oil got rid of the psoriasis. <laughs> and what they did was confirm, as a young practitioner, the truth contained in a book that I mentioned frequently, the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia of 1983. There, if you look at the monograph on chickweed, one of its most important medical indications is as a topical agent for psoriasis. One of my favourite herbs, made famous by Robert Kirby, dear soul, and um, as an edible herb also. But you know, Jane, one of the areas where I found it most useful and most loved, in my younger days, that's many, 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 many years ago, in my younger days, I had time to be able to breed Goulian finches. And I preferred to breed them in those days in large cages the way the Europeans do. And so we converted a garage of ours back on the central coast into a, a breeding room for Gouldian and finches. And we had hundreds of Gouldian and finches in very good conditions. It was magnificent the way we kept them. My wife and daughters complain to this day as to the work that was involved in feeding them and looking after them. Get back to the point. If I walked in the bird room with a handful of chickweed, you could almost hear the ghoulians screaming out for it. They love chickweed. <laughs> now, I know there are many breeders of ghoulians. Lovely finch ghoulians are. Uh, I know there are many breeders of ghoulians. If you want something that will cause your ghoulians to become excited and thrive, feed them fresh chickweed.
0: So chickweed yeah. works both internally and, and externally. externally.
1: Uh, and, and, and the. The the internal side of it can be extended further than what I've said. It's also a herb that's used for some milder levels of arthritic type conditions due to its chemical constituents. So it's used as an oral medication. It's used as a food. It's used as fodder for birds. <laughs> rabbits love it as well. All by the way, I've kept in my day all the things I've kept goats, rabbits, finches, whatever. But it needed to be mentioned because this time of the year, listeners. Look in that nice cool spot of the garden that gets a little bit of sun and you'll see it peeping up. Don't neglect it. Don't just see it as a weed. I hate that term weed because yes. frequently a weed is more important than some of the exotics that we grow around our place.
0: A weed I, is just something that grows well.
1: It, it does indeed. <laughs> but again, Jane, just to, just to entertain listeners, I got into trouble once in Western Australia. I was doing a radio program over there and someone rang in and we were talking about herbs. And uh, this lady said, oh, she said, I live in such a place in, around here. And she said, there's a lot of whorehound growing. And she said, in England, a lot of English people in, in Perth, English people and New Zealanders and South Africans. She said, there was a lot of, um, we, we used whorehound a lot in England for coughs and colds. I said, well, you're on the right track. I said, it still works as well here. I said, it's a great herb. If you've got horehound, you've been blessed. About half an hour later the local Minister for Agriculture rang up and very courteously had said, look, we are trying to get weed, get rid of weeds in this state and you have just gone on, on a program promoting the use and continued nurturing of this herb. So I said, had to retreat a little bit.
0: <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> now, Dennis, we've had a call also from Janita from Morissette Park, who's mm. not on the line either, but she... She said uh, she's got type 2 diabetes and is taking metformin, but uh, that gives her diarrhea. So, okay. is there some alternative?
1: Look, she uh, can take? You, you should first of all talk to your GP about um, the situation because, generally speaking, met, metformin is a good drug. It's the first line of, of defense against type 2, but occasionally you can get this side effect. There are other things that your GP could prescribe, but uh, talk talk to him about that first. Um, in herbal medicine, yes, there, there are herbs, but always when I'm talking about diabetes, I'm a little bit reserved because diabetes is diabetes and it's not something that should be fiddled with. One of the first things that I always encourage people to do who have type 2, is to realise that type 2 can be managed and helped and sometimes medication can be withdrawn if simple changes are made along the lines of dietary change and also uh, the attempt to lose weight, particularly with exercise. Those two things are still, in my opinion, terribly underrated, terribly underrated as being agents that can usefully uh, tend to drop uh, the blood sugar level, exercise, lose weight, lose weight, exercise, see a dietitian. Uh, and my approach always, always with the dietary emphasis on type 2 diabetes is to move from this addiction that we have to carbohydrates and move further in the direction of good quality protein. I have the viewpoint that we have in modern times become addicted uh, to carbohydrates and that they, in the, in their overuse, can precipitate, in my opinion, at least some of the factors that can cause this background problem of type 2 diabetes or insulin resistance. So move towards a protein emphasis. There is um, a preparation that is useful. It's not, um, how can I call it, it's not necessarily a, a pleasant preparation, but bitter melon. Now, I'm not talking about bitter lemon. I'm talking about bitter melon. Bitter melon, um, Mordica charantia is its botanical name, is probably the most utilised food around the world for people who are fighting or trying to do something for their type 2 uh, diabetes. People in India uh, eat it. In fact, one of my patients showed me how to prepare a dish based on bitter melon. Frequently, you will find it available in Asian food stores. Australians uh, may not know much about it as to how to prepare it. There's plenty of information on the net. It would be a herb that I would think as a food, as a food, or available in a powder. You can get it in a powder form, bitter melon coming in a powdered form, a teaspoonful taken daily. And if you're interested, you can contact my rooms and get a paper that I have written on bitter melon and its relationship to type 2 diabetes. It's a free paper that I wrote for people interested in doing something in conjunction with dietary change, exercise and weight loss. Taking something like bitter melon can push the patient's blood sugar level down and maybe cause the GP to reevaluate even the need to be on metformin. Think about that. It, it, there's some clues for you
0: with Dennis Stewart and health naturally today uh Wall has rung in from Mount Hutton wall you've got a problem with psoriasis, and we've been talking about psoriasis.
2: Mm. That's what got me going today, because I wanted to to ask Dennis about, about it.
1: Okay. Well, you have it on your hairline, have you, at the back yeah, of your the, head? Yes, at
2: the back of my head.
1: Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, it's,
2: like, it's like a little cap there, Dennis. Yes. It's been like that for about four years.
1: Okay. Now, your doctor is definitely diagnosed with psoriasis? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and you only have it on that part of your body, do you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, look, based on what I have said today, I would, I would uh, recommend that you give a chickweed a try. Yeah, um, I thought that. Yes, and, uh, it, you, you should be able to get it um, from your health food store. You'd probably pick it up down at Warners Bay. I
2: was going to say if I get out yeah, Warners yeah, Bay because it's, it's only down the hill. That's correct.
1: They uh, would have a, 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 the preparation of chickweed there, which is appropriate for psoriasis. In fact, the preparation they have um, was developed by Robin Kirby and myself. Oh, bueno. so, so I can vouch for the history of it. Uh, always, with any topical application, uh, use uh, a little bit of it initially to what yes. we call patch test the area. Uh, I can't recollect anyone having any serious reactions to the cream. Um, give it a go uh, no, no. and persevere with it. I'd be surprised if it didn't do something for you.
2: The only question I had was, yes. not that it matters. Yes. If, I, if I put it on, uh, will it be greasy? Sort of. No,
1: like? look, I, it, it's not. It's more of a cream. Yeah, because
2: I'm thinking but, about like my pillowcases. Yeah. I'll uh, get a whack under the ear off my wife if I get them too dirty.
1: I can understand that.
2: Okay. <laughs> what,
1: what, what, what,
0: happens what, all the
2: time, doesn't what, it?
1: What I would say, while well, to further defuse any domestic ramifications, yeah. uh, get hold of a preparation from the supermarket called tea gel. Now that is a also a useful preparation to use as a shampoo for psoriasis. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yes, get hold of that. Uh, I I use it a t- occasionally for my dry scalp condition. I yeah. actually I actually like uh, the the smell of it, even though it smells a little bit tarry. I actually like it. Um, oh, and in conju- in conjunction with the uh, the chickweed ointment, I think you're in a in a pretty good ballpark.
2: Oh, thank you so very much, okay. Dennis. This is we always enjoy it. My wife's in the kitchen now listening. I was in the bedroom listening. Oh, she's got you in enjoy the bedroom. That's program every Friday.
1: Okay, well that's thank good. You, mate. All right, thank that's you. That's great to
0: hear. Thanks for your call, Wall, <laughs> and moving to Belmont and Kim now. Um, Kim, your husband has a kidney disease. Yes, he does. Yes, what would you like to ask, Dennis? I heard a gentleman talking about an arthritis medication that was Dennis's that he'd gotten from the uh, from the health bit store at Warners Bay. Oh yes. And, yes, So my husband has a condition called membranous nephropathy, yes. and I was one. I'm always very cautious about what I yes. let him take, and I was wondering if there was anything in there that might be harmful.
2: But then given that it's probably an
1: anti-inflammatory, I thought it might, it might um, be okay. it, it, It's not what you, you're, oh, no, no, no. Talk, you're talking about, the glucosoplex. It's not really, yes. a, a, not really an anti-inflammatory as we oh, understand okay, it. Right. Um, okay. it's, it's based on a glucosamine and chondroitin and, and bioflavonoidal preparation. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the case of your husband, however, um, I think it would be worthwhile um, indicating to your GP or your uh, specialist that you're interested in trying that product and would, uh-huh. and would they have any objections to it? I think that's the ethical and courteous thing to do. I think uh-huh. it, it, I would doubt very much whether it would affect the condition, but run it past your the people that are looking after your dear husband. Okay, all right.
0: Then, and, uh, so I could just call in to find out what the ingredients are? Oh, yes, are. there's no
1: problem. If you went, went to the health food store, they'd show you a container and you're welcome to write the ingredients down. It's... it's um, that's mandatory in Australia at present. Any product that is um, for sale that purports to be a therapeutic good has to be approved by the Therapeutic Goods Administration, must have a label that stipulates the ingredients and the stipulated uh-huh. dose. And while I'm on that uh, uh, um, question or uh, problem, it is a problem, increasingly there are products occurring uh, that patients are bringing in to me that have no OSTEL number have not been approved by the TGA. These are products that are somehow getting into the country. And I'd just like to point out to listeners, when you are using any product, uh, make sure it has what's called an OSDEL or OSTAR number on it. That means in the Commonwealth of Australia, it has been approved as a therapeutic good. There are a lot of overseas products creeping in, and not always are those products, in my opinion, in the best interests of the patient.
0: And thanks very much for your call, Kim. All the very best. And I think this will be our last call for the day, Dennis Campbell uh, from Stockton. Yes, now you've got night sweats. I, I I have. I have. And hi, Dennis.
1: Hello. How are you? <laughs>
0: yeah, great, good, thanks. Good, good, All right, so um, I've um, begun through perimenopause, I don't know, we'll say yeah. about six months. and. Dear, dear yeah it is what it is, but none of the symptoms i i I you know aren't too bad, but the night I keep waking up okay. with the nights that okay. I just want to get some okay.
1: sleep well, look, what I would suggest you do is start off using something that sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes works brilliantly and sometimes doesn't work at all. The good right. thing about it is it's to use the Australian expression as cheap as dirt I and, like and, that. and yet it's one of the most popularly used. Uh, herbs in Europe, particularly in France, where it, and I'm talking about the common herb known as sage. 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 Okay. Sometimes known as red sage, botanically known as Salvia officinalis. If you were to look at the medical or technical literature on sage, you would find that it's referred to as an antihydrotic, which means that it lessens it lessens perspirational activity which is a very, very common problem in some ladies that are going through the change. Before, yeah. you, before you spend any money on, mm-hmm. uh, on on other supplements, just go to your yep. health food store or your, or your um, supermarket and get some sage and just make a herbal tea of it, a teaspoonful of the dried herb, into a coffee cup, pour on boiling water, let it infuse or stand for a while until it's cooled, and take yep. that before you go to bed and see what it does.
2: Okay, brilliant. Give it a go.
1: Give it a go. Uh, I'm ready to
2: give anything to go. I'll stand on my head while I'm doing it a bit of work. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for
0: that. Um, All the very best with that, Campbell. And just a quick last comment Dennis Robin rang in from Teralba. To ask for a natural remedy for no sexual libido, 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 libido. thanks to well, menopause. We, we could
1: talk about that all day, but in as much as it's terribly controversial, uh-huh. and the, the libido is always an interpretable word to start with. What is someone's libido? It's not necessarily another person's libido. Look, I'll take it up, Robin. Uh, if you were to ring in next week. I'll think about how I can diplomatically talk about this. (laughs) Uh, One has to be diplomatic.
0: One does always have to be diplomatic. So in our last minute, Dennis, weeds can be good. Oh, look. Even in Western Australia. That's very nice of you to
1: say that, Jane, because I'm a great fan of weeds. Um, (laughs) People get a little bit distressed when they come to my place and they see dandelion in, 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 in in the lawn. They see greater periwinkle. Um, in, in the garden. Greater Periwinkle, by the way, is one of my most famous and favoured remedies for dealing with a common woman's condition, that which we call dysfunctional uterine bleeding. Uh, it's, a, it's a remarkable remedy. Um, and again, not well known, but I have it growing on the farm out at Rothbury, and I have it also growing next to chickweed in my in my house in Cessnock. So I wander around each morning looking at these lovely weeds uh, one day I'll start talking to them. And that will be a real problem. And, well, no,
0: I don't think it will <laughs> at all. They'll appreciate that. And I'm appreciating the dandelions in my grass too. Good so you. thank Good you, Dennis. You. Dennis Stewart will be back next week with Health Naturally on 2NURFM.